We're embarking on a journey through ancient Greece, where beauty was not just skin deep. I know you miss the sound of my voice. Let's get right into it. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> Are you ready? Welcome, friends, to Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa, and today we're going back to ancient Greece. Now, I know we visited ancient Greece before, last year or the year before. I'm not quite sure. The months and years are going by so quickly that I'm confused, just like you are after listening to an episode of Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> well, that's a way to start off a show. <laughs> Beauty. Oh my. A concept that has captivated humanity since time immemorial held tremendous significance in ancient Greece. Countless works of art and philosophical treatises from this era bear witness to the immense value placed on beauty. Picture it, a society that believed physical beauty was an embodiment of inner goodness. The ancient Greeks saw beauty as a reflection of one's character and believed that the morally virtuous were also blessed with physical beauty. My, my, my. I think we all know that just because you're beautiful and have certain physical attributes doesn't necessarily mean you're a good person. But to the ancient Greeks, a beautiful outside meant a beautiful inside. Ancient Greeks who were beautiful, particularly men, were often described as kalos gagathos, an adjective that combines kalos, meaning beautiful or handsome, and agathos, which means virtuous or good. This fascinating connection between inner virtues and external beauty set the stage for their standards of attractiveness. However, the path to understanding ancient Greek beauty becomes more intricate when it comes to women. Now, women who were stunningly beautiful, and even women generally, were often either bad figures or, at best, morally ambiguous ones in Greek mythology and literature. Take the legendary Helen of Troy, the epitome of beauty, <laughs> okay, yet her allure caused the devastating Trojan War. Hmm, it seems that beauty for women came with a price. Is that the price to be cast as the villain of the story? Was Helen a willing participant in this? I have so many questions. Did we ask Helen? Of course we didn't, because who wants to listen to a woman, right? I feel like she was simply existing, married off to Menelaus, and Paris came along. Is it Helen of Troy's face that launched a thousand ships? Or is it that her husband's pride and ego took a whipping and he couldn't handle it? So he decided to go to his brother and say, right, bring your finest soldiers. We're going to fuck shit up because my toy was taken away from me and I'm lacking in any emotional intelligence. So I'd rather wage war and let countless men die instead of figuring my shit out. 
It seems that beautiful women were doomed from the start. Always cast as the villain, my friends. We allegedly took a bite of the forbidden fruit and were cast down to suffer immense pain. Meanwhile, I'm sure it's Adam that took a bite and blamed Eve. And Eve must have thought, this motherfucker. (laughs) Hesiod, an ancient Greek poet who was a contemporary of, you guessed it, Homer, described the first woman as Kalon Kakon or the beautiful evil thing in his work Theogony, which describes the origins of the Greek gods. The nature of beauty was a hot topic in ancient Greece. Philosophers, mathematicians, and artists in antiquity explored the topic endlessly. I mean, what else was there to do? Talk to your wife? Probably not, considering that speaking to your wife was beneath you, so you decided to gather with other men, sound familiar? Lounge around and discuss fuckery and shenanigans. Brava. I'm salty. I'm a salty little bitch and I'm not apologizing for it. Symmetry and balance were highly prized, not only in art and architecture, but also in human faces. The mathematician Pythagoras, I mean, fuck you and your maths too, even devised the golden ratio, a formula that linked beauty to perfect balance and symmetry. According to this ratio, symmetrical faces are the most beautiful. Mm -hmm. This even extended to eyebrows. In ancient Greece, those with eyebrows that joined in the middle also known as a unibrow, which the majority of us Mediterraneans have, were considered more symmetrical and therefore more beautiful. Let's talk about those men. Mm, Men. You see, in ancient Greece, they had their own version of beauty pageants called Galestia. These competitions, often intertwined with the Olympic Games, showcased the epitome of male attractiveness. The ideal ancient Greek man possessed an athletic physique with firm muscles, minimal fat, and features like reddish blonde hair, full lips, and a sun-kissed tan. Oh my. And what about that bodacious derriere? Mm, Who doesn't love a good ass? (laughs) I've been away from this mic for far too long. In ancient Greece, a prominent ass was highly sought after, not only for women, but also for men. The statue known as Aphrodite Kalipigos, meaning Aphrodite of the beautiful buttocks, okay, honestly, (laughs) where's my sister? Because let me tell you, my sister Alexia would look at that statue and say, they were inspired by my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I would sit there looking at her and shaking my head, my friends, because let me tell you... (laughs) Now, going back to Aphrodite of the beautiful buttocks, this celebrates the fascination with ample asses. Now, while some could say this mirrors the current or whatnot Kardashian-inspired fixation, the ancient Greeks preferred curvaceous women with bellies and a nipped waist. Just look at their statues. And yes, they had bellies. Another intriguing aspect of ancient Greek beauty was their preference for fair skin. Hello, the birth of Eurocentric beauty standards. In all honesty, where do you think the group of early 19th century European academics, quote-unquote academics, who were white supremacists and who also created racial categories, got some of their ideas from? 
As I was saying, fair skin. In a country known for its abundant sunshine, staying pale was highly valued. Women of the upper classes confined to their homes as if they had a choice rarely exposed themselves to the sun, resulting in a pale complexion that was seen as beautiful. To achieve and maintain this fairness, they used lead-based makeup, a practice that had severe health consequences. We've talked about unibrows, muscular physiques, full lips, bodacious asses, and fair skin. Well, let's talk about hair. And not just any hair. We're talking about the hair on our heads. <laughs> if you thought something else, you're very naughty. And you're my type of person. Mm, so naughty. Reddish blonde hair and blue eyes were considered rare and therefore highly desirable. Women of the upper classes wore their hair long, often braided and styled in intricate ways, while those without long, thick hair resorted to wigs. Olive oil played a significant role in their hair and skincare routines, contributing to that radiant appearance. Well, that concludes our journey through the intriguing world of beauty in ancient Greece. Thank you all for your patience and for joining us on Beauty Unlocked. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us across social media. The links are in the show notes. Stay tuned for more captivating stories that reveal the secrets of beauty from the past. Have a wonderful and safe weekend, my sugar babies. Stay hydrated and you'll hear from me next week. Bye. Make it clap, clap, clap. Make it clap, clap, clap. Make it clap, clap, clap.